When we attend, you know, much more intimate, curated masterminds and retreats, we feel we get so much more out of it because it's you you are essentially getting content from the people that you talk to and you, you learn about each other's businesses. I mean, we learned so much from each other just hanging out that whole week in Japan with Cass. Um, I learned so mm-hmm. much about, you know, your business and all of that, but it's that strengthening of our relationship that makes it so much more valuable fun enjoyable all of that and i think there's that level now that people want they want those more meaningful experiences well and i think you mentioned ozcon i think it's the same on the flip side of that if you are somebody who puts on masterminds and retreats and stuff i also think that the experience of putting on an event like that to me personally and i Apparently, there are people who love putting on big major conferences, and that's not me. (laughs) Hey, friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia, and Puerto Rico, to be exact. And we're so excited to be sharing this time with you. I'm Kate. And I'm Nicole, and welcome back to another Candid Conversation with us. Each week, we bring you a new conversation about a topic that we can relate to. We share our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you'll realize that one, you're not alone, and two, that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives, and energy to move ahead with confidence. Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Kate. Stretch it out, girl. Stretch it out. (laughs) I'm trying to wake myself up this morning. I think I'm extra (laughs) sleepy. I'm doing all these stretches and moving around in my chair. You know what? I've been thinking a lot lately about just how important sleep is. And I've always felt this way. I've always loved sleeping. I've always been a huge fan. We were out to dinner with a few friends the other night. And every, okay, it was myself, John, and then six other people. So three other couples. Every single one of them said that they stay up until like midnight and then wake up at like, between nine and 10 the next morning. And I just, I can't go there. I just, that's what I said. I was like, what? (laughs) I have trouble staying up past 9.30 PM because I love waking up early. No, me too. I know. We always just say grandma and grandpa here need to go to bed. That's why we were such great travel buddies because we were like, all right, bye. Going to bed. (laughs) I think that's one of those things like um, it's a compatibility thing. Uh, I liken it to, I don't know why my mind just went there, like liking horror movies or not liking horror movies. (laughs) Like you either do or you don't. There's no middle road there. And it says a lot about your compatibility. Um, I think more in terms of relationship, but definitely like sleep, I think is, is up there, you know? Yeah. Well, and you, I mean, you've been a world traveler, like coming off from our Japan trip, which we recorded two really fun episodes about. Then we also just got done releasing two really great episodes about planning your team retreat and a recap of your team retreat. So you have been from Australia to Japan, 
back to Australia, to the Philippines, back to Australia. So I get it. You're probably still kind of like, what time is it? What day is it? What is happening? (laughs) And we just ended daylight savings here. So the whole Mm. clocks moving back and forth. Don't ask me if we went back or forwards because I can't answer (laughs) at this time of the morning. There's definitely more light out, but I'm not feeling super awake as I should. So it's saying something. <laughs> maybe, maybe like halfway through this episode, we'll we'll get you. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, Nicole. Uh, Well, I'm very excited about today's topic. It is going to be all about how you know whether to commit to an event or not. And Nicole, you and I have been talking about this topic on and off for quite a while now. It hasn't really like made it onto our actual production schedule until, until now. But I got to thinking about this topic because... John and I are presented with a lot of awesome opportunities to attend events and masterminds and retreats. And I know that you and Omar are as well, but you and I and everyone tuning in knows that it's pretty unrealistic to think that we can or should attend all of these events and masterminds and retreats and things, Um, whether that's from like a time perspective, a monetary perspective, a business perspective, a family perspective, a personal perspective, like there's so much that goes into this, right? So I thought that it might be helpful to just talk through it because I would love to hear how you approach this. And I would love to hear how you approach this because I'm sure (laughs) you probably get asked to attend more things than I do. Uh, But I think it's also like just when to say no or yes to any opportunity, really. Mm, True. It's interchangeable, huh? Mm, Mm -hmm. I think so. Because, yeah, I think you might get proposed all sorts of projects, events, ideas. When do you actually say yes or no to it? And how do you make that decision? Yeah, that's so true because it even extends to asking to be a part of an online summit or asking to be on another uh, podcast interview Mm -hmm. or doing a joint venture as an affiliate or a partner or a sponsor. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So it really does extend in so many different directions. So if you're tuning in today and you're like, I don't go to events, then keep listening because maybe you can use this conversation for other decisions that you have to make in your business and your life. Uh, Okay, Nicole, to kick us off, I thought it would be helpful to just share, like, what's the first thing that you do when you receive an invite to an event, a mastermind or a retreat? I forward it to Omar right away. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think about this? What do you think about this, Omar? Um, Well, because I suppose most of the time I'm just thinking if it is like an event, a mastermind or a retreat, it would most likely involve both of us. So Mm -hmm. I tend to just kind of throw it to him and go, what do you think? I'm same. Uh, Definitely a lot of the opportunities that come across are – like for both of us. Actually, that's not true because a lot of people invite John and no offense to me and none taken, they want John there. Mm. But that's fine. I've also gotten invites, I guess, where they've asked me to come and not John, although I'm sure they'd be grateful if John ended up coming along. But that's interesting. Okay, so I guess actually it's not really the same for us. I do feel like John and I are invited individually to a lot of things with the caveat that like, you know, if the other one wants to come, that's cool. 
Mm, I should correct that, though. I think Omar gets asked to speak way more often than I do. Mm. So, But I guess this is like, yeah, right? There's a difference between being invited to an event and say, like, somebody just wants you in the room versus they want you on stage or, you know, maybe they want you to MC or they want you to be a sponsor or there are lots of different ways that somebody could ask you to participate. So I guess that's always kind of at the top uh, when I receive a uh, invite is like, what is, what are these people asking for? Right? Yeah. Like what, what capacity do they want me in? Do I want to give myself in that capacity? And then, of course, dates, location, the time investment that you're putting into it. That's kind of like at the top of my list. Because I feel like, generally speaking, you can really get to a yes or a no pretty quickly. Mm. Not necessarily a yes, but maybe like a I will explore this further if you're able to check the date, location, and the time investment. Because a lot Mm. of the times, the date's going to make it off limits, you have other Mm -hmm. plans already, or you know you can't do that, the location is too far and you're not willing to travel for it, or the time investment is not something that you're willing to do. So I feel like Mm. those are really easy boxes that you can check Mm. in any like invite or request that can kind of get a lot of no's out of there pretty quickly. Do you feel like your first knee-jerk reaction, though, is like, oh, yes, thank you, how nice. Like I think about <laughs> the early days, especially the early days of starting our business, I just felt like, oh my God, it'd be so great to go to every single event, mastermind retreat, whatever, say yes to every opportunity because maybe there weren't as many. <laughs> maybe that's one of the reasons too. I just felt like, yeah, that sense of like, oh, I, I have to do this. Absolutely. I remember a time like that for sure. I can... I'm trying to remember the year that this was. I kind of want to say it was 2014. I would like really have to go back in the archives to like figure that out. That was almost 10 years ago. That's insane. It's wild. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure it was in 2014. I think we attended like eight events that year or something. Like it was madness. And it's because we were in a stage of our business and our lives where pretty much everything was a yes. Like Mm -hmm. if we were invited to something, we were like, this is exposure. This is an opportunity to be on stage and be building authority and credibility. This is an opportunity to share our brand with a really big audience that might not find out about us otherwise. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think that there is a time and a place and a chapter in your life and in your business where maybe you kind of like stretch those boundaries because any opportunity is a good opportunity. <laughs> yeah. I, for, for me, I remember for us anyway, it was 2015. We went to 11 conferences that year. <gasps> wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Just saying that just makes me so exhausted. I'm like, there is yep. no way I would do 11 conferences. <laughs> so, yeah. But I think the reason, I mean, this is a great conversation because it makes me realize that the reason that this topic is kind of top of mind for me is because I don't feel like we're in that season of business Mm -hmm. and life anymore. And I think that that's why it is more difficult to really try and figure out like, is this worth it or not? Do I want to say yes to this? Because we're in a stage of our business where we have a very great foundation. And look, I'm not trying to say that obviously we're not like 
Oprah or anything, Mm -hmm. but you know, we have our business built to a place that we really like Mm -hmm. and the goals of our business are not necessarily aligned with us, like being out in the scene and like being in front of big audiences per se. Mm. Well, and I think also because a lot of the events that we get invited to are events that we've been attending for nine years. So we're really not putting ourselves in front of new audiences. We're just putting ourselves in front of audiences who already know us. So I guess that's a good distinction to think about if there were an opportunity where we'd be potentially putting ourselves in front of a whole new audience, Mm. then that would be a good considerable. Well, yeah. So I was going to ask you then, do you seek more opportunities for lack of a better way of putting this, like where you're not the big deal in the room. You're not the smartest person in the room. You're, you know, nobody actually there knows who you are. Yeah. You get something very different from an experience like that. Right. Right. And I think where I struggle is I have so much fun at the events where (laughs) like everybody knows us and it is our audience because then I feel that connection to our audience. Right. Which Mm -hmm. we've always kind of, that's been like a big value of our business to be close with our audience, to be very communicative with our audience. So when we do get to be in those settings, it's always a lot of fun. Well, yeah. And those are the events that are on your radar probably more readily, right? And more easily. You actually have to make an effort to find events and opportunities where it's a very a different group of people, maybe, you know, an industry that you're not kind of as familiar with. Because, I mean, because in this whole thing, like, I, I recognize, you know, when I just remember 2015, 11 conferences, the amount of travel, it was easier because we were in the States. But if I think now in Australia, like how, you know, taxing it is to, to go to travel mm-hmm. long distances, I still always feel like the relationship aspect, the people that we meet, there's always like so much that can be gained when you, you know, meet new people, meet more people, all of that. The whole networking thing um, has tremendous value. Yeah. Well, that also kind of like leads me into what I feel I've started to value more. I mean, we've been talking about audiences and putting yourself in front of an audience that doesn't know you versus an audience that does know you. And I feel like the more into business I get and life in general, because some of the events I've been considering recently, while they are opportunities because of our business, they're not necessarily like, let's go sit in a conference room and learn about business. They're kind of more Mm. retreat style, like relationship building to your point, um, which I think is incredibly valuable. And I've moved way more to that end of thinking, if I'm going to invest my time And potentially money, which I want to talk about too, because while people might think that you get all these incredible paid offers, that is not the case, (laughs) Um, that I really spend more time thinking about and considering events that are like the smaller type retreat mastermind Mm -hmm. where I can build a relationship or, you know, learn from somebody who's at the same or higher level than I am in business and life. Um, versus that kind of like traditional conference style thing. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know if it's more. Um, I'm feeling like I'm I'm experiencing. I know that we started OzCon last year. Just the experience of like 
the mastermind retreat and our experience of course in Japan and and our experience of you know having our mastermind I'm I feel like yeah those experiences feel much more enriching not to say that you know big conferences aren't great it's maybe more about I don't know I'm becoming more conscious about the people aspect of things the deeper more meaningful connections Mm -hmm. and the relationships that are fostered versus content. Yeah, definitely. I don't need any more content. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I get enough of that right here in my office. (laughs) Well, I was, I don't know who I was talking to about this. Oh, it might've been Steph. I caught up with Steph Clark, who's been a, a past guest of ours here on the podcast. We caught up when she was in Sydney and we were talking about conferences and how since COVID, you know, a lot of conferences moving online, now that events and conferences are going back to in-person, as the organizer of a conference like that, attendees now expect a lot more than just the regular someone Mm -hmm. on stage delivering a presentation, giving content, because everyone's had the experience of getting that virtually and online, not having to leave their home, office, whatever, not having to fork out X amount to travel, get on a plane, accommodation, all of that. And so now there's an expectation from conference goers and attendees that a conference has to give a lot more and has to has to be a lot more than just someone on stage delivering a speech. Yeah, standards are up for sure. Yeah, and that's where I think when we attend, you know, much more intimate, curated masterminds and retreats we feel we get so much more out of it because it's you you are essentially getting content from the people that you talk to and you you learn about each other's businesses i mean we learned so much from each other just hanging out that whole week in japan with Cass. um i learned so mm-hmm. much about you know your business and all of that but it's that strengthening of our relationship that makes yeah. it so much more valuable fun enjoyable all of that and i think there's that level now that people want they want those more meaningful experiences Mm -hmm. well and i think you mentioned ozcon i think it's the same on the flip side of that if you are somebody who puts on masterminds and retreats and stuff i also think that the experience of putting on an event like that to me personally and i Apparently, there are people who love putting on big major conferences, and that's not me. (laughs) I love the, you know, five to 10 person, like Mm. maybe 20 max if you're really going for the full Monty. But (laughs) those being the creator of something like that, I feel you get so much out of it as the creator, too. You get as much out of it as the attendees do. Mm. Yeah. So what about monetary investment? Is that a big consideration for you guys? Or are you kind of like, is that a major afterthought? I mean, I guess, okay, let me qualify this. If I'm invited to speak at a conference and they're not going to pay me to be on stage and they're not going to cover my travel and accommodations, that's a really hard yes for me. Mm. Because I feel like the value exchange in most cases, in the experiences that I've had, 
mm-hmm. that that isn't really a value exchange. I feel like I'm giving everything and not really getting much. Yeah. Do you guys I mean, have? I agree with that in the sense too that tickets can be sold and people are going to go to an event because of the people on stage. Like there is no, mm-hmm. there is no conference or event if you don't have the speakers. So I think that's a fair enough consideration. For sure, now that we're in Australia, cost is definitely a consideration when we're traveling so far and flights are a lot more expensive and the time that it takes to get anywhere from Australia <laughs> is considerable. Yeah. <laughs> Unless, of course, you know, the event is locally, like is, is local because, yeah, that year that we did 11 conferences, we were in the States and all the conferences were domestic flights and or mm-hmm. local to San Diego. So 100% the financial investment is a consideration, but more it's the time as well, right? Like yeah. The time to prepare, the time to travel, the time that you're there. I mean, we've just talked about for us coming back from this retreat, like I'm not ready and firing on all cylinders the day after I land. Like it takes mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. to settle back, um, to recover from an event. So, but yes, money, and time, those are big considerations. I mean, not to mention all the preparation leading up to leaving mm-hmm. for something too. I mean, of course, coming down off from it is a huge one, but the preparation to be able to be away, to not be like in your business for multiple days, potentially sometimes a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big deal. So when you've looked at things like your calendar and you've considered the time investment and the monetary investment, like what else is going into this for you? If an event or an opportunity has kind of passed all those checks and you're still considering it, what are some, like, how are you making this decision? It's the people. Like mm. who's, who's going to be there? Um, and, yeah. and, and that's not to say, oh, there has to be, you know, only really well-known people. It's not about that. It's, yeah. I guess I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a people person and I feel like there's the more the years pass and, and the years in business, the more you realize, you know, how important your relationships are and having yeah. just really good relationships. And, and they do get fostered the more time you spend with people. So mm-hmm. seeing people again, knowing who's there that, you know, you're going to be having an opportunity to spend more time with, with, with the person. That's a huge consideration. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. And especially true of like, it's one thing if you're looking at, um, you know, who's going to be there and it's people that you already know who you're going to deepen a relationship with, but even more so, well, not even more so, but in addition, if there's somebody who you haven't ever met in person before, who you'd really like to build a relationship with, and maybe you have chatted online or you've connected once or twice or whatever, to have that opportunity to spend that time together in person is a huge win, huge. So if I think if I were to rank like money, time, people, aside from like, okay, dates and location is, is a given, mm-hmm. I'd probably put people at the top. Really? Okay. Yeah. 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 Then money, a- then time. <laughs> and that would be my ranking. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I think I would do, hmm. I was going to say time, people, money was my gut, but I'll have to think about this. Maybe we circle back at the end. (laughs) It's okay to say money Um, first. Money's an important one. So is time. No, no, I wouldn't put money first because I'm, 
I'm more than willing to invest in myself. I didn't mean for mm. my comment earlier to come off like snobbish at all uh, or like full of myself. It's definitely not that. I'm more than willing to invest in things that I feel are going to better me as an individual, mm-hmm. better my business sense, um, better my perspective, like all of that. I'm totally willing to invest in those things. I guess that's more when it comes down to an opportunity to a- attend something and they are not asking me to speak and they are not asking anything of me other than this is a cool opportunity for you. Mm-hmm. Like I have a girlfriend who's running high level retreats now for women making over a million dollars in their business. And this sounds like an incredible retreat that I would love to be a part of. And just seeing what goes on at the retreats and uh, the relationship building mm-hmm. that takes place and the knowledge and the knowledge transfer is incredible. And these are not, you know, like low price retreats. Right. I'm willing to invest in something like that when I know that that's what I'm going to get. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, definitely. I think I'd probably put money last Yeah. when it comes down to it. I think if I had to add one more thing, I'm a big gut person. You like, are. I feel like a good yes. gut check is, <laughs> is always on my checklist of like, okay, if I've checked all the boxes and I'm still a yes, mm-hmm. like what's my gut check on this? Am I, am I meant to be there? Mm-hmm. Is this fate? <laughs> Which I know we've had <laughs> a lot of conversations about over the past several weeks. We got into many deep conversations about fate and destiny in Japan. Oh, we did. Yes. Maybe, maybe a future episode topic. But yeah, I mean, I kind of I kind of like to think like, am I meant to be at this event or mm. not? And I always feel like I do kind of have this underlying feeling of either a yes or a no. Mm, I think that's a good filter because going back to what I said in the beginning where, especially in the early stages, or just my default is to say yes and thank you and and all of that, a good gut check to go, well, hang on a second. You don't have to say yes to this and there might Mm. be something there that you're not considering because it's overshadowed by the oh, yay, another opportunity. Oh, yay, another chance to go somewhere and talk to people and meet people and all of that and be a part of something that's going to be fun. You have to stop for a second and go, well, hang on. Hmm. Maybe there's something else there that I'm not considering. Well, and I think that that kind of starts dipping into FOMO too. Like, yes, that is such a huge thing. And I've totally caught myself being like, I really want to go to this. Like, I really want to do this, even though I've not checked many of the boxes at all. And that's when I know that the real reason that I'm feeling like I should go to it is because I want to be there. I want to be at the parties. I want to be hanging out with the people. I want to be in the location. Like FOMO Um, eats all the gut messages. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like there's really no reason why you should be at this event. You just want to be there to be around the people and go on a little, you know, weekend romp. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Here's a little bit of a spanner in the works, maybe. What if family and children were to come into the picture? Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that when you, 
it's easy to talk about this stuff and say that we're going to check these boxes, right? When we have zero responsibilities exactly. outside of keeping ourselves thinking. alive and running our business. <laughs> I was thinking that's um, been a very common denominator here. Like we both just had to kind of think, yeah, okay, time, hey, money. Omar, do you want to go to this thing? Do you, want, do you want to spend the money? Do we have the time? Okay, yeah. let's do it. Like, no other considerations. Gosh, you bring family into it, and I think it's a whole different ball game. I really do think that that adds it adds a lot of complexity into mm-hmm. it, right? And there has to be. I mean, I'm not like I'm sure you can hear Gus crying his face off right now. He sees his buddy walking down the street right now. He wants to be out there playing with him. Even getting Gus was like a big shift for us in considering like. If we're going to be away for the weekend, that means we got to find a sitter for Gus and like what, you know, it adds stuff to it. Not comparing Gus to a child because that's a whole more massive layer Mm -hmm. of you're going to be away from your family. You are likely, if your significant other is going with you, then you're going to need to find a babysitter. Do you have someone you can trust who's going to, be with your children or child for whatever amount of time. So yeah, I mean, I'd imagine that when family comes into the picture, that is the number one and most stringent Mm. checkbox that you've got to get past is like, is this worth everything that I'm going to do to cover childcare expenses, time away, et cetera? I mean, when we got our cat Bengalina a few years back. Within the first two months that we had her, we traveled for a conference and Mm -hmm. I had to, and mum luckily was able to look after her and take her. And it was in that time that we were away that they formed a bond that eventually led to now my cat being my mother's cat because she chose my mum. Yeah, yeah. So there can be a huge cost to leaving even a fur baby <laughs> to go away to a conference. I'm just putting it out there. That is actually what happened. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's not my fur baby mothering skills. <laughs> it's the fact that I wasn't there for her. And she just said, okay, well, if you're not going to be here, this lady's here for me. Mama's. <laughs> No, but I don't want to trivialize like that. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge whole other area that potentially you and John may have to deal with in the future. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And by the same token, I mean, I think of events that I've been at even this year where I'm so impressed by, you know, families figure it out. Like if they want to be a part of something, that's definitely not holding them back. And Mm -hmm. so you know, if if and when John and I do have a family, I certainly wouldn't let that deter me from attending mm-hmm. something I really wanted to attend. I just definitely acknowledge that that adds a lot of steps in there <laughs> as Gus climbs on me. <laughs> Gus is very much in the frame right now. Look at him. He's all over Kate. He's adorable. Hey, uh, Gus. He is a cutie. He's a cutie. <laughs> Um, okay. What else, Nicole? Any like 
kind of closing thoughts, I guess, on this, on attending events and masterminds, making this decision? Do you experience or have you experienced when you've been invited to events where there's a lot of pressure on you to promote and mm. and spread the message and almost like ticket sales depend on your sharing the event and your promotional yeah. site. Like you basically are given lots of extra work to do. I know yeah. this sounds really <laughs> mean, but I think that's a bit of a consideration too because it's like yeah. there's already work involved in preparing for this event so that I can do a really great job. Especially, I mean, we're talking about the context of you know being asked to speak. But then when you have to additionally – feel like and not that you wouldn't want to share but I don't know there's a bit of a a balance there right have you experienced Mm -hmm. this yeah definitely I mean I'm of course if I'm accepted and if I'm asked to speak and accept that invite that certainly comes with the blanket understanding that of course I'm going to be promoting the fact that I'm going to this event and that obviously I think it's a great event. Otherwise I wouldn't be going to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when it kind of crosses a line over into like, Hey, ticket sales are kind of down and I'm like, okay, not my event. Like <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> had to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah. I mean, I think that that kind of goes back to the beginning when I was talking about like what's being asked of me, you know, Mm -hmm. it's really is like you have to consider what you are committing to and and understand what that involves. And if that involves a certain number of ticket sales or, you know, the weight on your shoulders of helping make this event successful, that's a huge consideration. I just totally removed myself from many potential invites. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. They weren't the right invites for you. (laughs) Right. That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) And that's the other thing, you know, like when uh, the reason that I wanted to have this conversation is also to verbalize that I think it's okay to come to the conclusion that like, no, this is not the right event for me. Because I've found myself in a lot of scenarios where I just feel so deeply bad about it. And, you know, I feel bad saying no, Mm -hmm. because I want to support these events. And I want these events to do well. And I know that some of them are incredible events. And I think that they are really valuable for the attendees. But I don't think that that's a reason for you to feel like you have to go Mm. or that you have to be a speaker or, you know, give your time or whatever it is. And so, yeah, I guess that's another thing is I just kind of wanted to coach myself on the fact that it's okay to say (laughs) no to these opportunities, especially when like, you know, that they're not right. No, I'm really glad we were able to to have this session for you. (laughs) Thanks. Plus, we need to make sure that we have ample time in our calendar to have another girls trip and another oh, absolutely. mastermind, right? Absolutely. <laughs> that is a hell yes. <laughs> yeah, hell yes. All right, friends. Well, as we close out today's chat on how to decide whether to attend an event or not, or as we said at the beginning of the episode, pop in there 
any opportunity, really. (laughs) We hope that you've picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward to give that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most. And friends, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you have a friend in mind who might also enjoy our chats, share the podcast with them too. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate Can Relate on their favorite podcast app. Until next time.